Perfect. All right. Well, welcome to uh, Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Silver Nuggets edition number two. Mm-hmm. So uh, with this, this, what have you been up to, Allison? We've, we've been doing a lot lately. Yeah. So uh, what, what have you been up to? It's been a busy month, Jacob. Um, but yeah. I did want to share with you guys. So yesterday I was a judge. I was part of the Jester's competition, which is the CCSD uh, wide competition for improv teams at the high schools. I don't know how many uh, teams compete, to be honest, but I've been doing this a couple years now, and it's a lot of fun. I like being surrounded by young people. You know, they're jumping up on the stage and everything, and it just reminds me to keep my brain, you know, fresh. You know, improv uh, teaches you to, you know, think on your toes and everything, and I really like it. I'd like to share with our listeners a little bit about my experience with improv. Um, I'm no expert by any means, but uh, a couple years ago with a couple friends, Adam Neri and Anna Allred, I took some improv classes at the Winchester Cultural Center. Shout out to our local cultural um, center. Right. And, and it, was, it was a lot of fun because I hadn't ever taken any improv classes before. And to those that don't know, pretty much improv, what it teaches you, uh, the main principle is yes and. So if anybody says something, you have to say yes and whatever. So it just means accepting whatever the other person says and going with it. So if you were to say, for example, Example. There is a bright orange fox in the room. Right. And you know what he was doing? He was da- dancing the Macarena yet last night with me. Oh, he was. But you know what he was doing before that? What was he doing? He was eating shrimp with me. And you know I don't even eat seafood. You don't. But he was eating seafood with me. Was this at the pepper mill? I can't say that. Mm. At an undisclosed location. So you you did really good. You did good, Jacob. So um, you don't have to necessarily be comedic, but it just means listening to what the other person is saying okay. and then accepting it, even if it's foolish. One could say that people in our current administration, that's what they do with, uh, with Trump, right? But yes. I think that this can be uh, extended to our everyday lives. So, you know, in your workplace or with friends or whatever, if someone proposes something, everybody's always expecting an answer, right? You need to come up with the solution. So I think improv teaches you to think on your feet and just come up with a solution. It doesn't mean pulling stuff out of your ass necessarily and making stuff up, but it means that if someone comes to you with a problem or a situation, just accepting it and responding. Um, responding. So I think this is something that um, you know kids and adults in this country could learn a lot from. You know, it just means again just going with the flow and. Uh, responding. So this is, a, this is a, a principle that I've, I, I've applied in my life. And, um, you know, and just going back to the competition, it was really great to see these young kids in action. Yeah. Really, really funny. The team from LVA was hilarious. These theater kids, again, going back to, you know, investing kids. in arts and theater, just wonderful. So it was really inspiring. I had a lot of fun. My stomach is still um, aching from so much laughing. It was a lot of fun. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? So again, it's been a very busy month. Uh, but um, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago on our show, I talked about the Emerge Festival, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that I went to a showcase last night, um, and it was it was pretty incredible. Um, I the the bands were all very good. There were five bands, and then a poet. Um, and every band was great. I only was familiar with one of them before going in. And so now I'm a big fan of a, a couple different bands. Um, one in particular, uh, out of 
out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're called Stokeswood, um, which sounds folky, but they clarified for me because I asked them later. They clarified for me it's a very it's a, one of the main streets in Atlanta, and so Stokeswood is their name as a you know homage to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're quite good because they are not folky at all. It's electro pop. Um, at its finest, and they were very energetic. So very excited to see them. They did say they're they're hopefully coming back next month uh, to the bunkhouse. So oh wow, keep you be... posted. Yeah, wow, it would good be a great them. venue. Yeah, that's cool. So um, that was really exciting. And then probably the the really big news about the festival was more personal than it was anything else. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Matt Pinfield of formerly uh, MTV fame. Back in my youth, and well, your youth as well. Yes. Um, Matt Pinfield was one of the VJs on MTV, and was probably the one that was more of the the nerd music nerd. Right. Um, and so I met him last night. Um, there was a time back during the early days of the internet with America Online, where he used to host trivia contests, and if you could stump him, he would win a prize. I did stump him once, and really? I did win a prize. What was the What was the trivia? I asked him about the founders of my favorite band at the time, the KLF, uh-huh. and uh, I asked him who who the founders were, and he could not name both founders. He named one of them. He didn't name the other one, oh. and so I stumped him. And this was, of course, before Google too, so he couldn't have like Googled it. Uh huh. So he just had to know it, and he did not. So I won a VHS of like the ten greatest performances <laughs> of the. MTV Video Music Awards oh, up to that point. That's awesome. So it was like all stuff from like the the early 90s like and late 80s. And stuff. Yeah, and that's I still awesome. have that VHS. So I do not have a VCR, but I still have oh, that VHS. I was VHS. just going to say let's ask our producers if they have the uh, machinery for that and that'd be really fun to play actually. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. We may have to go to the local thrift shop and purchase a VH- VCR. I think our libraries might. Maybe. Let's reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Shout but, out to our lo- local library district. Or feel free to tweet us if you have a uh, VCR. Right. We would so love we to have, have a, you over. A showing of yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. That'd be fun. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some of what's going on in the news. Yes, yes. Uh, so where are we going to go first? What, to- um, what topic are we going to hit first, Allison? Well, what, what shall we talk about? Um, I don't know if you heard about the census, how they want to include information on citizen- citizenship on the forms. Right. Yeah. So This is new. Yes, and this is this is uh, of big concern. So for our listeners, if they don't know, um, everybody in this country should be counted on the census regardless of their citizenship. And this Correct. is preoccupying because it'll be obviously a deterrent for people to fill it out in the future. And this could uh, this the, the census information dictates public policy. There's issues of gerrymandering, etc., redistricting that that uh, are taken into consideration with these numbers. So if these people are not counted, that could directly affect us all. So I find this worrisome. Most definitely. Um, I know the importance of, of having an accurate count of all the people who reside in a specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have, you know, was reading that there's, what, 17 states in, and then California who have filed suit against the, the federal government mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it would be a, a particular disadvantage to those of us in the West where there are a lot of immigrants mm-hmm. um, who are not United States citizens but who may live here lawfully um, and they would not count as much. Um, and so that is very that is very concerning mm-hmm. um, because they're still utilizing the services um, and uh, still need to to be counted. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah. Well, we'll have to see how that unfolds. Yes, most definitely. Uh, what else? So we got, you know, I, I, I think uh, we, we know our, our president went on a, a Twitter storm about um, trade, among other things, this, yes. this week. So mm-hmm. um, we're in now what, what the media is referring to as a trade war with China. Yes. Although he, he has talked about his great relationship with the president of China and how we really won't get into a trade war. But right, he just goes back and forth on this, doesn't he? He, he really does. And, you know, I, I was listening to and, and have been reading about um, the, a lot of the, the farmers in the heartland. So one of the, mm-hmm. the biggest, uh, so China is the biggest uh, consumer of soybeans. We are the second largest exporter of soybeans, second only to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that could cause a really big problem for our soybean farmers, primarily in the Midwest and the heartlands and uh, in states that overwhelmingly supported Trump, um, they may not be able to sell their crops right now mm-hmm. if we do if these tariffs do go into place because China will not be purchasing our soybeans right um, so this could literally destroy some farms um, and I you know I, I think it's it's been really interesting I've I've uh, read some interviews and listened to some interviews with some of the uh, Republican uh, congressional representatives from these states who are not openly openly, going after the president, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they are saying this could destroy their farmers um, and their states. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Um, I know there was just a the European Union, before the tariffs go in, the European Union just bought the single largest purchase of soybeans from the United States ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to get, get it before the tariffs go into effect um, because they know that the prices are going to skyrocket already. The prices of Brazilian soybeans, um, because they used to be the cheapest have now, are they're still the cheapest, but the prices have gone up, gone up significantly. Mm-hmm. Well, and not to, not to deviate from China, right. But one of our other more, uh, one of the m- most important trade partners that the U S has is Mexico. So right. also he's been engaging in a Twitter war with Mexico, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so this all came about because a couple weeks ago, right before Easter Sunday, Fox News aired a segment about a caravan. It's an annual caravan of uh, immigrants, principally from Central America, that make a, a, a trip to northbound, right? They're trying, they're seeking asylum either in Mexico or in the U.S. A vast majority of them are turned away at the Mexican border. Um, about 100,000 are able to cross into Mexico, some seek asylum there, and the others are on their way to the U.S. So um, they aired this segment, and Trump took to Twitter to attack them. Mm. He was talking about all these rapists coming into the country, and they're going to abuse the system. They want to abuse DACA, which is stupid because A, DACA was canceled, and B, DACA is for people that have been living in this country undocumented since 2007, so regardless, they wouldn't qualify. Not at all. Right? Right. And, um... So then Ann Coulter uh, took to Twitter as well, and she's coined this term I was telling you the other day. Uh, now there's this new term for people that are going against Trump because he didn't build, he hasn't built the wall, right? Right. Um, the omnibus bill did not uh, contemplate uh, funding for the border wall. So now Ann Coulter is bashing him, Sean Hannity, and the like. And so now he's uh, threatening to send the National Guard down to the border, and it's a big, big mess. Yeah, Texas has already mobilized theirs. They're notifying the uh, they, they're notifying the Guard members um, already that Texas has mobilized theirs to send down to the border. It's so stupid. Yeah, and they say, allegedly, that they will only be there to watch and report. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that our, you know, 250 armed soldiers 
watching and reporting is really what they're going to do. Right. I have no faith in that 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 is what they will be doing. No, not at all. Well, and again, to tie it into trade, so actually a couple days ago, uh, ex-president Vicente Fox of Mexico was on M- MSNBC with uh, Scarborough. And um, they were talking about, um, you know, sending the National Guards and, you know, the hateful rhetoric that this person, Trump, has been using late as of late. Well, since forever, mm. right? Referring to Mexicans. Right, yeah. And, you know, Vicente Fox rightfully pointed out, you know, we are a huge trade partner. We being Mexico, I am dual right. citizen listeners. Uh, Mexico is a big uh, trade partner. You know, we're allies regarding things uh, about security, culture, and everything. And actually, uh, currently, the Mexico uh, consumed, um, imported for $40 billion worth of corn, which we're now going wow. to start um, importing from Brazil and Argentina. Right. You know, if uh, these uh, tariffs are put into place and, you know, the rene- renegotiations of NAFTA don't go as we expected, we're just going to look elsewhere to purchase this corn. So this right. is money that American farmers are going to be losing out on. Yep. And again, American farmers not work. They voted against their, they continue to vote against their best interests. Mm-hmm. Continuing to vote in Republicans is, re- is voting against their best interests. Not yes. saying the Democrats are the best thing ever for farmers, but boy, they're, they, when they're voting for these Republicans based upon single issues like abortion or gun control, mm-hmm. they are, they are selling themselves out, particularly right. the small family farms. Yes. That's indeed. for sure. So, all right. Shall we move on to some local, yeah. local issues? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so one on? of the one of the big things that's been going on, um, you know, is the uh, the county commissioner, at least county commissioner uh, Brager, is trying to push forward the moratorium on oh. dispensaries in yes. Clark County, mm-hmm. um, which which uh, is is quite controversial, um, as we know, and, and as mm-hmm. our listeners probably know, there's dispensaries popping up all over, um, per, primarily for recreational marijuana, but there are still some that are medical only. Right, so um, this moratorium, what does it what does it entail? So, so it means that they will stop giving out uh, new business licenses mm-hmm. um, for a period of time. Um, and so there, right now, um, you know, there's at least 10 licenses that they could still give out to new new businesses. And so uh, Commissioner Brager does not want to give those out. She wants to stop giving them out. Uh, her, her reasoning, believing that there is not, or there, there are so many dispensaries that there's no lines anymore, and mm-hmm. so that the new businesses aren't really needed. Um, and there has to be that. a provision for medical marijuana, correct? There, there doesn't have to be. No. So, so this is, I mean, they, these are recreational licenses, but um, okay. you know, her belief is that there just there isn't a need for more, even though there are applicants mm-hmm. for more of the uh, licenses, but there is not a need for more. Um, she explicitly said that she has been driving around looking at the dispensaries and there's no lines um although you know a lot of the uh you know consumers there's there's been reports from consumers that they want these these licenses given out because that will drive down the cost um you know if there's obviously more more supply and competition that means the product Mm -hmm. is cheaper um and particularly noting that the products are cheaper in other states that have rec- legal recreational marijuana. Yes. So Colorado, Washington, California. California. Yeah, especially. that it is significantly cheaper. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we are going to be pro-business, and uh, I think that that would be our our way as continuing to give out these licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. It will be a fight in the commission. And, of course, the two leading candidates on the Democratic side for governor are members of the county commission. So this could become... 
become a, a bigger political issue than yeah. just in the county. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know, the the other big local issue that at least I've been following as a former UNLV employee is that the UNLV, current UNLV president is leaving. Oh, right. The, the sixth president since 2006. Yeah, he that's, was pushed out. Uh, you know, and that's what he says. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the chancellor of the system says he was not pushed out and that um, you know, they were trying to work through it. So I guess it really depends on who you believe, the UNLV president or the chancellor who started in August of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also talk that the chancellor perhaps wants the job of UNLV president. Um, and so uh, it shall be really, really interesting. I know that the Ingolstadt Family Foundation said that they were going to pull their $14 million donation to the medical school right. with the with President Jessup leaving. Um, which there's a whole other host of legal issues there that we are not qualified to talk about as we are not lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, uh, it's going to be really interesting. And then there's also talk that the um, dean, the first founding dean of the medical school will also be leaving. Oh, really? That yes. I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. So um, it's very, very interesting things happening at UNLV. And it is, um, it's hard to, to improve the university um, when there's not stability with the president. Right. I was going to ask you, I mean, you uh, have worked in higher education. How normal is it to have... um, Not normal. What? How many, did you say, how many deans? Six. Six presidents. Six presidents. Yeah. That's That's a lot. That's um, in in just, in what, 12 years? So they're averaging about two two years. That's definitely not, I mean, presidents are not necessarily long-term, but they're definitely not short-term like that. I mean, it's... As in any other position, if, you, if you're only in a position for two to three years, there's really not much change you can enact because mm-hmm. the first year usually is just getting to know the, the, you know, what's going on at the, the university. So um, the, other, the other universities I've either gone to or worked at, that was definitely not the case. Their presidents were much more long-term than that. So well, preoccupying um, you know. news out of UNLV then. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because they are, they are our, you know, only university, public university in Southern Nevada. Um, and, uh, you know, while there are other public schools, um, and public colleges that this one is, is the one that, that should be the focus. And, and it is much more, uh, significantly larger than university of Nevada in Reno. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stability is just not there. It's unfortunate. Mm. Yeah. That's that's very unfortunate. Um, I guess we're we're ready to wrap up though, right? Yeah. So thank you, thank you for joining me uh, today on this on this Silver Nuggets episode. That's right. This has uh, been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Who's our support team that we've got going on? Oh, you got one more thing to well, say. Well, I was just gonna say I am Allison Yanez. I'm Jacob Murdoch. And we are joined today in the studio by Jose Sotelo, our wonderful producer, our fact checker, and research assistants by. Uh, the wonderful Ashley Pacheco. Yeah, and creative direction by Berta Gutierrez. Right, and let's not forget Raven, our wonderful dog in the Den of Descent. Going at it with the chew toy. Yeah, she's she's that got that beautiful orange fox in her mouth somewhere. It's like a Wes Anderson-themed plush toy. Someone really hipster gave it to you guys, didn't he? You bought it. Well, you're hipsters. Very much hipster. Yes. Yep. All right. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, Please check us out on iTunes Podcasts and Google Play and rate us in order to obtain more visibility. That's right.